Well, it's always great to go out to Manhattan, Kansas, and talk to Tim Fitzgerald. Go Power Cat does a great job covering Kansas State, and he's on with us on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. And before we get to Tim, just a reminder, if you could take a moment out, leave us a rating, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you leave a rating and review on iTunes, we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. In the mail, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get that koozie in the mail for you guys. Really appreciate it. Tim, before we get to some other news, how are you doing? How are you holding up through all this insanity? We've officially changed our name to Slow Power Cat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing going on. You know, it's amazing, though, uh, our content is at tracking at the same pace as it was a year ago. I mean, we're putting out the same amount of content. It's just wildly different type of content. A lot of it is what we call evergreen in our industry. It's, you know, lists and things that you can run at any time. And we just kind of pull out all the stops right now and try to figure out how to keep information going on your website because uh, at the end of the day, that's what we do. And uh, my guys have been fantastic. It's been incredible how they mm-hmm. uh cranked out content and then we you know we get the benefit of a coaching an assistant coach leaves another one's hired a player leaves recruiting's going on still which amazes me um so yeah we're just we're, we're finding a way to create create sports content without sports going mm-hmm. on it's, it's been uh I'm really proud of my guys yeah no absolutely um tim you know i want to talk actually and start there with the coaching hire it's a few weeks old now but we didn't get a chance to see what might be different in spring practice with now Joe Klanderman leading the defense with Scotty Hazleton going to Michigan State. Uh, how do you see things changing at all, or is it really just a passing of the baton? Yeah, I don't think we're going to really see things change. They're, they're going to do um, you know, the same defense. They're going to run the same scheme. We had a, a former player tell us they think actually Klanderman will be a little more aggressive than Hazleton. Um, and we thought that was very interesting. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like they have to put in a new defense. So there, there's a real benefit there. I really feel for any football program that's trying to put in a new system, be an offense, defense, or a new head coach overall that lost their spring practice because it puts them at a huge disadvantage. And, Absolutely. Uh, as much as K-State needed it, uh, you know, they, at least they're – Staying within the systems, uh, you know, if we do have football season, um, I, I'm curious to see if the NCAA will do anything to uh, add maybe some practices on the front end of the of fall drills to allow people you know, a little bit more practice time to implement some of these systems that they didn't get to put in during the springtime. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, Tim, because you mentioned what we had talked about in the last couple of weeks on this show, which is like which teams of the Big 12 were most affected uh, from the negative perspective without spring practice. And I had Baylor at the top of my list because of what you just mentioned, new head coach. I mean, Dave Aranda now has no chance to have a spring practice with, with his guys. And then I thought maybe Texas because they had new coordinators on both sides of the ball for K state. It kind of feels like, yes, you've got new offensive linemen. You got to work out and figure out, but you've got your head coach, you've got your quarterback and you've got most of your staff back. So all in all, when you compare it to the other teams in the conference, uh, maybe not being hit as hard by this. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, and being in the second year 
of the uh, climate era, you, you wanted that spring practice to kind of continue to build. Uh, but, you know, at least everyone will be on, for the most part, the same footing without spring practice. So I think, you know, there's a few schools out there who got in their spring practice. They do it really early and got it in, and uh, they're at a, a big advantage. And yeah. I think the NCAA is going to have to address that in some way um, if if they do find a way to – to play football, even if it's without a crowd. I mean, how are you going to, uh, you know, kind of even that playing field with programs that did have a spring practice, but those are the ones that didn't. It's a, it's a, a big issue right now if you're a coach. Absolutely. Tim Fitzgerald, Go Power Cat, is joining us here on the show. Uh, Tim, when you look at that offensive line, I think the whole thing's got to be revamped, right? So how confident are you that, that they will have an offensive line that can, you know, hold its own next season when you have a senior quarterback, which is always a year when you want to think that you're going to have a good season. Yeah. I mean, they have one guy returning with playing experience and, and Josh Rebus and the rest will be new. I think they like the group they have. Um, they went out and, um, supplemented here and there. I, I, they wanted to find another tackle. I, I think they would uh, still be open if someone popped up as a grad transfer. Um, it's not like they missed spring practice, so that puts them on even footing. Um, <clears throat> so they do have to rebuild that offensive line, but we we also have to say that even though Kansas State had a really experienced O-line last season, uh, I don't think they acclimated to the the Cordy Messingham offense quite the way you would want it to. Uh, it's a different blocking scheme and do different things. And I think these guys are kind of entrenched in how they did things and they didn't quite pick it up uh, at the level you would hope. I think that was part of the struggles of the offense was the offensive line really uh, were being asked to do things that they hadn't been asked to do in terms of uh, blocking schemes and a lot of cut blocking and uh, now they get to start from scratch and, and teach a, a bunch of guys to how to do it their way. And I think at the end of the day, that's going to be a big advantage for the K-State offense. Do you think, Tim, that, you know, with the way last season went, exceeding expectations in many people's eyes, not sure about your eyes, but many people's eyes, are the expectations for the fan base going into this year potentially going to be too high? Yeah. I mean, when you win eight games in your first season and you beat Oklahoma, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like the fans expect you to build off of that. And there's, you know, while they have to rebuild that offensive line, there's other areas where they have to retool things, including running back. And, you know, it's nice to have a senior quarterback, but he's got to have people around him. And on the defensive side, you're, you know, just look at that hole here there. And you've got to, you know, bolster that defensive line. So, um can you match that eight wins? I don't know. I mean, if you go seven and five next season, do people view it as a step back? It was a really impressive first season for this coaching staff, and now you have to live up to the expectations you've created. Absolutely. Tim Fitzgerald, Go Power Cat, is joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Tim, I want to go off the beaten path for a little bit here. Just look at the Big 12 as a whole. I mean, Oklahoma continues to win this conference, dominate this conference. But if you're looking around the conference, early 2020 projections, who do you think has the best odds to upend uh, the Sooners at the top of the food chain? I think you got to start with Oklahoma State. I yeah. mean, they were able to keep some key pieces and bring them back, and, and we'll see if uh, that translates. 
but honestly, there's um, Texas continues to disappoint. You know, they don't quite get to where you think they are going to end up. And um, I think there's just a huge gap right now in this conference between Oklahoma and everyone else. You think that's um, good for the conference? No, no, mm-hmm. it's not at all. Um, this conference, honestly, and people cringe when I say this, they need Texas to be good again. Yeah, I'm with they you. They need to have uh, Texas respected on the national stage so that if you do beat Texas, it carries some weight. Yeah. Now, if you beat Texas, it's kind of like, ah, oh, Texas thing. You, know, yeah. you don't get any credit for beating them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they never seem to get over the hump. So it's kind of uh, a two-way road there. You, you need them to beat a lot of people so that if you do beat them, it, it counts. Instead I uh, of, uh, you know, Tim, I have I said that what... for, for I, I am on board with you, and every fan base in the Big 12 should want Oklahoma and Texas to win every game except for when they play you, right? I mean, that's that's what you should right. want. Right. You, you need value in being able to uh, climb the ladder and, and beat them. Uh, it's nice to climb over Texas, but um, then everyone just looks down on your conference. Mm-hmm. And until we get to a playoff system in which your champion automatically gets in, uh, which hopefully we're getting closer and closer to that. Um, the Big 12's in peril of not being able to get their champion in if it's not Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, if, if a Kansas State um, climbs up there and, and wins the championship uh, as, with one loss, are the, is the committee going to go, ah, Big 12's down if someone like Kansas State won? Yeah. And, you know, just devalue the, the title. And that's kind of the catch story too. It's, the, it's what I absolutely despise about this system right now is you still have too many humans in there with really, really strong biases about who should be in this playoff. If you're not a name, you don't belong. And that's what I thought we were trying to get away from. Yeah, that's a great point. Tim Fitzgerald, Bill Powercat is our guest here on the show. So then, Tim, I mean, you want to see the 18 playoff, Power 5's automatic bid, and then three at large? Or what would be your ideal college football playoff system? Um, yeah, I mean, three at large with one of them, you know, set aside for, you know, the non-Power 5 champion if if they meet certain criteria, which be rankings and that type of thing. Uh, you can't automatically give uh, one of the spots away and you get in a year where all the non-Power 5 champions have two losses and they, you know, a team really not worthy gets in. So, but yeah, I, I think just set aside and let, let the champions in, and and then the committee can pick the at large or decide if the uh, the group of six gets a team in and go from there. Mm-hmm. Let it, give everyone a shot. Add one more home game to the top four seeds and play some more football. I mean, I, I, they've talked about maybe backing the season up to eleven games, and I'm like, come on, you know, uh, you're adding games during the, you know, between semesters ties. Uh, I think the, I think the players would want to, uh, want to have a, one extra game. And you're mm-hmm. only talking about an extra game for, you know, a handful of teams. So let's do it. Tim Fitzgerald is our guest. Uh, Tim, you know, let's tie it all back together here with the coronavirus conversation and the fact that, you know, I, I am very optimistic uh, that there will be sports in the fall and things will be relatively normal by then. If it weren't, though, if we were in a situation where, you know, we had to play these games without fans or with limited fans, I mean, that would, I just think about the Big 12 communities like Manhattan 
where so much yeah. of the revenues are made off of those six home game weekends. How devastating would that be? That'd be horrible. I, you know, I'm a member of uh, the small business community here in Manhattan. And um, those are my friends. Those are my people. Mm -hmm. uh, the bar owners, the restaurant owners. Um, a good buddy of mine owns a, you know, a Western wear store in downtown. They're not going to survive. A lot of these places will not survive not having a full-fledged football season. And I'm honestly, I don't know if they'll survive what we're going through now. Yeah. Um, because unlike a lot of communities, you know, I've, I've heard stories about a restaurant here and there that's incredibly popular that's doing really well with carryout. We're lacking 24,000 students that should be on campus right now. Mm -hmm. um, so it really is a downturn in business. Setting aside the fact people can't go to your restaurant, there's not people to get to carry out. We've lost a good 20, 25% of our community right now, maybe more than that if I do the math. I can't do math right now. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the town's in that strange period where you, you enjoy a summer and get a couple weeks there between classes and no summer school when it's really nice and slow, but it's tough on business. And now we're in a prolonged period of that. Um, and, and honestly, uh, I worry about actual institutions. Um, there's a lot of universities that are in financial trouble, including Kansas State. And mm -hmm. if we don't get the students back on campus paying for class and paying for all the things they pay for. There's going to be institutions that collapse under the financial weight of, of you know, having to not have students on campus. This is really a, a disaster for this country, and I hope we can get on the other side of it real quick. And we are all on the same page there, hoping to dig out of it. And Tim Fitzgerald, go power cat. Tim, I hope the next time we're talking and whenever it is a few weeks from now, uh, we are having a much different conversation, getting excited for Big 12 media days and things are hopefully back to normal. But uh, always great to have you on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, partner. It's good to talk to you. He's the man, Tim Fitzgerald. I'm Pete Mundo. Uh, please, guys, take a second out. It would mean the world to me. Leave a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and we will uh, get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Would really appreciate that, guys. Enjoy your time. and Now a lot of downtime for a lot of us. We'll talk to you soon on heartlandcollegesports.com.